Hello everyone, and welcome to my podcast, which is called Steps to the Spirit. My name is Chuck, and we're in Season 3, and this is Episode number 47. The name of this episode is The Serenity Prayer, Part 1, Its Beginnings. So, we've just finished a series on uh, the 12 Steps. And it was called Stepping Outside. And it was pretty much about the 12 steps and how we use them in our day-to-day life. I've always wanted to do a series on the serenity prayer. It's important to me. And it's kind of been in the back of my mind for a while now. So... Now we're going to attempt to <laughs> try to talk about the serenity prayer. And, you know, much like I talk about the steps, I'd like to, I'd like to, as you know, I'd like to go back to the beginning. And I, my set of 12 steps is taken from the first edition of the big book. And the steps, believe it or not, in that edition were written a little bit differently then you'll see them on the walls of the meeting places or in the book today. Well, the serenity prayer is pretty much the same way. Now, there have been many ideas about where the uh, origin of the serenity prayer lies. Some people say it came from uh, the Sanskrit. Some say it came from Aristotle. Others say Aquinas, and yet others say St. Francis of Assisi. And there are even more uh, suppositions about where it originated. But the best that I can tell, and I've researched this on the Internet, and, you know, if it's on the Internet, it's got to be true, right? Well, I've done research, and everything that I can find points to the author being a guy named Reinhold Niebuhr. He was an American uh, theologian, and they say that he wrote this prayer somewhere in the early in the 1930s. However, I have found an earlier version than that, which was supposedly from 1927. And the story is that this was published in a newsletter that was for the students of a theological seminary. So I'd like to say that version of uh, what Reinhold Niebuhr uh, penned for that newsletter. Here goes. Father... Give us the courage to change what needs to be altered, serenity to accept what cannot be helped, and the insight to know the one from the other. So the the wording is a little bit different than the serenity prayer we know today, but still it's the same idea of the same the same prayer. So I imagine a few years later, he penned a longer version, and these, this pair was, uh, from what I can find out, part of his sermon, and he penned a longer version of the serenity prayer, and this is how that goes. 
God, give us grace to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed. Courage to change the things which should be changed and the wisdom to distinguish the one from the other. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life, and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. So, as you can see, uh, the prayer that we have now is a little bit different than those two versions of the prayer. And just uh, to, to make it legal, let's say, let me tell you what the current serenity prayer, what the words are. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So this is the way you'll see the prayer uh, in the meeting places and in literature today. And it's a lot more streamlined, I admit. And uh, But basically it says the same thing. And the reason I'm I'm saying all three versions of this is that you can refer to the descriptions I have. Uh, I have a description for online for every single podcast that I do. I write, and I take some time to do this, and I write a description of what it is I'll be saying and talking about during that podcast, the upcoming one. So if you ever want to check reference the original version of the prayer, the serenity prayer, and the current version, or anything for that matter, you can always go to uh, Buzzsprout and check out the descriptions of these podcasts. Okay. Many people in 12-step programs, and for that matter, other programs, it seems like everyone knows the serenity prayer these days. And I, let me tell you, I've had reason to, to, to say that prayer over and over uh, in my own life and in my own recovery process in the 12 steps. But even in the last couple of days, I, uh, <laughs> I think I told you a while back, I got a couple of new desks from my office upstairs and on we live on Plum Island in Massachusetts and uh, I had gotten a couple of desks and that was quite a job to put them together my wife of course helped uh, because as you know I am <laughs> or maybe you don't know I'm legally blind uh, I wear hearing aids and uh, to make things even worse in the last Oh, I don't know, month or two months, I've had wicked bad sciatica and back pain. So it, I have my challenges. Normally, I don't mind. But when all three of them get together, I, I just, it's, it's sometimes really trying. And, you know, I, I, I just, the last couple of days, I've been um, rearranging those new desks that I got a while back. 
and making things a little bit more efficient, I hope, because I've lived with the old system for for a year or so. And, <laughs> and it, again, it's challenging. And so many times I have said to myself, please, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Uh, my eyesight isn't going to get any better. And my hearing, it probably isn't going to get any better. Uh, my back and sciatica and all that stuff, it might get better. I might be able to have things done. I had an operation done about six or seven years ago that they thought was going to have to be every year. And uh, it was a bilateral laminotomy. So it's three and a half hours on the operating table. So, And it, it's lasted for six, seven years now. So, Dr. McGuire, let me give a shout-out to him. Uh, he's in New Hampshire now someplace, and they did a great job. But it is what it is, and I really try not to wish that things were different than they are. They are what they are. Let me live with that. Let me thank you, God, for having what I have, having a lot more than many, many other people have. So <laughs> I've had occasion in the last couple of days, in the last few months, to really lean on that serenity prayer. And it's it's really worth its weight in gold because it's kind of a little reminder that, you know, things could be worse. The grass always looks greener on the other side of the fence. All that kind of a thing. And believe me, my friends, it's not. You've probably found that out. So my goal uh, for this next series of episodes about the serenity prayer is, I don't know how, how many parts it will be, <coughs> excuse me, it, it is to go through the serenity prayer with kind of a fine tooth comb. I'm going to reference uh, Reinhold Niebuhr's uh, full version of the serenity prayer to, to make you aware. And uh, I'd like to talk about each part of that and what it means to me as a recovering or recovered alcoholic. There is never a point where <laughs> I have taken the book or I have looked at the steps and I have closed the book and said, okay, brushed my hands off and said, that's that, I'm cured. Believe me, my friends, that's never, as far as I'm concerned, that's never going to happen. I think, thanks be to God, I have come a long, long way from the worrisome person that walked through uh, the doors of the 12-step program and with such a low, low self-esteem. I sometimes sit quietly and I can't, I can't believe how good God has been to me and how long, how far I've come and, and how far, <laughs> how far I have to go because it says in the literature, uh, we certainly do not claim to be perfect. We, we claim to constantly seek spiritual perfection. Well, thank you again for listening. And I'll see you next time, or uh, you'll hear me next time. And uh, thank you for, again for listening. Bye-bye.